Welcome to the Mixed Reviews. I'm Gavin. Hi, everyone. I'm Louie. And this is a film podcast in which we give ourselves two weeks to watch as many movies on a subject as we possibly can, and then we talk to you about it. Yeah. Um, and we had a really good time, I think, last week. We did. And <laughs> our last episode. Our, not last week. Yeah, it's been, it's been years. It's no. been years. Um, our last episode. And last episode, we talked about Gina Davis. Yes. Um, so we have some old business to get out of the way before we move into our next subject. Right. And um, we asked you guys on Twitter to vote for what you thought was... Um, or what your favorite um, Gina Davis movie is and I guess technically the polls still has two days and 20 hours left but were you drunk? I was wasted <laughs> when I put that up um, but uh, the results so far um, The Fly came in at 13% Thelma and Louise at 17% Beetlejuice also got 17% and A League of Their Own which was our pick came in at top at 53% I just want you all to know you have excellent taste yes you. absolutely Though, I, I will admit Looking at the poll, and I believe you even put that up, like, that's a toughie. That's, that's a t- yeah. yeah. Um, My I, good friend, she was like, I don't even know what to say. I can't begrudge anybody to, like, you know. It, it honestly just speaks to, like, how iconic she is. Yeah. Like, she was in so many amazing, like, legendary roles, legendary movies, and they're so different. Like, looking at Beetlejuice and A League of Their Own. I still feel like, and, and we don't need to talk about it now because we gave her a full episode, but, like... The fact that Earth Girls are easy is so late in her career. (laughs) I mean, and she looks good. She looks so good. Um, But anyway, are we done? We're done with Gina. We're putting Gina to bed. Thank you so much, Gina. Thank you, Gina. Oh, that's that's walking away. Right. Um, (laughs) Gina Bonita Brown. Yes. Davis. (laughs) Davis. (laughs) Um, I just wanted to say that again. Um, But this week, we're talking about... Mr. Tucci Gang himself. <laughs> yes. Stanley Tucci. The Tucci. Are you going to play some Tucci Gang? Oh, of course I am. Okay, good. How could I not? I was just like wondering if I was going to be here. <laughs> um, Stanley Tucci reminds me, good old Stanley reminds me a lot. He's like in the same camp. Uh, of an older boyfriend you once had? Uh, <laughs> that I wish I once had. Um, Daddy uh, Tucci. Daddy Tucci. That's all I want, all I need. He like reminds me a lot of uh, uh, Sam Rockwell. He yes, like, kind yeah, of lives yeah. in the same camp as uh, Sam. Well, that's he came up during that period, and I'm sure we'll get to that when we get to the rewind. In fact, why don't we enter the rewind now, just so we can start talking about it. Get in it. Oh. Oh. He comes from that same era of like that indie film rising. You yeah. know, he did a lot of... The, I mentioned during the Sam Rockwell episode, the movie In the Soup, in which Sam Rockwell plays a very minor role. Stanley Tucci also has a minor role in that movie. It's Steve Buscemi film. Um... And he's from that era. There's a yeah. lot of Steve Buscemi circling his orbit. There's a a lot of other actors. I'm trying to think that like kind of fit in. Fit in. The Susan Sarandon pops up a lot right, in his yeah. films, and yeah, um, Patricia Clark, Patricia Clarkson. Yes. Yeah, I tried to find. There used to be this wonderful feature on IMDb where you could determine how many movies people were in together, and uh, it doesn't exist anymore womp womp. because they've been in something like eleven movies together. That's wild. Yeah, they're really good friends. Um, but yeah, he, he feels a lot like um, like a, a '90s like of the stage New York yeah. guy, and um, uh, yeah. So and also just um, reminds me a lot of Sam Rockwell in the way that like. He's so charming, and everyone loves him, yeah. loves working with him. He's just like, anytime you see him on the screen, 
and he's in a million things. It's yeah. just like, ah, oh, I love him. Ah, oh, I love him. But that's also my complaint. It's <laughs> that he's been in a million things right. for five seconds. Right. <laughs> um, let me give you a little bit of uh, history of Mr. Tooch. Um, he was born on November 11th, 1960. That makes him 57 years old. Just like... Yeah, I, kiss I was going to say, like, fine wine right. this man has aged. Like, looked good young, looked good old, even in that weird stage where he wasn't acknowledging the fact that he was balding. It's fine. Right. He, like, pulls he, it all off. He pulls it all off. <laughs> and I want him to pull it all off. Uh, he was born in Peekskill, New York, and grew up in nearby Katona. Um, his mom was a secretary, Joan, and uh, his dad, Stanley Chuchi Sr., he was an art teacher at a high school. Um, they are of Italian descent, and they have roots in Calabria? Calabria. 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 That's how they say it there. Um, he's the oldest of three children, and he has a sister, um, Christine Tucci, who's also an actress. Do you know of her of, from anywhere? I, I tried I, to look up. She is in, I believe she's in Big Night with him. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. But, uh, but I think that might be the only place that I've really seen her. Um, he also, uh, his cousin, Joseph Tropiano, is a screenwriter who he wrote Big, Big Night, Night with. with. Um, yeah. He also, um, when he was a child in the 70s, he says he spent a lot of time in Italy, um, you know, with his parents. They lived there for a while. They would, like, travel and visit. Um, so he really... Yeah, it's a tough life. I know. Being uh, of the Tucci lineage. It's like an artist father <laughs> going to Italy all the time. Um, oh, I wish you would support my lifestyle less. I know. Parents. <laughs> also... <laughs> punish me once every now and then. I'm feeling like... I would not be surprised for one second if Stanley Tucci had a call me by your name situation in Italy. <laughs> Oof, I can dream. I can dream. Uh, he went to John Jay High School where he played on uh, the soccer team and the baseball team. <mwah> Love that. Um, but his main interest was in a drama club. So he's been an actor for like ever. Yeah. A fellow actor in high school, Buddy Campbell Scott who's a son of actor George C. Scott. Which, literally, until we started researching this, I had no idea. I've met Campbell Scott. He's incredibly nice. Casual. He, he's, like, big in the, in the like, 90s independent scene. Because um, I saw his movie... Um, I suddenly can't think of the, the name of it anymore. But uh, there was a movie he made in the 90s about him and a kid. And, uh, yeah, I saw that at, like, a film festival. And he was super cool, super nice. No idea he has any relation to George C. Scott, let alone his son. Right. Um, and they gave lots of well-received performances at their high school drama club productions. Um, he went to SUNY Purchase, which is really cool, and it was really famous for a lot of kind of New York actors that go there to, um, major in acting. Um, he graduated in 1982. Um, Ving Rames was one of his classmates. Yeah, he gave him the nickname Ving, which we all know him by. Right. I don't even know what Ving Rames' real name is. <laughs> yeah, no idea. Kevin? Is it it's probably Stanley? Kevin. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's Stanley teacher was like, there's only one Stanley here, exactly. and it's me. Um, he got his equity card uh, when Colleen Dewhurst, which was the mother of Campbell Scott, um, arranged for both of them to have parts um, in a Broadway play, um, The Queen and the Rebels. Um, that was in 1982, so nothing Stanley like a... played the queen. <laughs> Stanley was the queen. <laughs> nothing like a little nepotism to get your start in the biz. Before going on stage, I always did... The vocal warm-ups that I was taught, which was the Linklater method of voice and, you know, sort of releasing the voice that we studied for too many years in university. And, and relaxation exercise is always that. And I think your play opens tonight. It'll be a great show. Tomorrow night is the night you have to worry about. Because you'll have a great show tonight, and then tomorrow night 
you'll anticipate that it will be exactly the same as it was last the night before, and it won't be. So tomorrow night is what you need to worry about. <laughs> His film debut was in Pritzi's Honor in 1985. Um, he, uh, oh, Gavin, <laughs> I do not like that movie, but Gavin, I know that I know that movie has a following. I don't know why. Gavin just like was waiting to exhale just then. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, he performed in the Yellow Repertory Theater in 1991. Um, and like literally it was like bang, a gun went off and he was working all through the nineties. Um, like we mentioned, he's been in like 150 movies, something like that. I think it's 123 altogether. Um, which is wild. Um, big, like the biggest break for him though was, um, in Big Night in 1996, which he starred in, co-wrote, um, co-directed with Campbell Scott. Yeah. Um, and that premiered at Sundance and that's kind of what kicked off his career. He was in high demand, um, and was able to kind of vacillate between TV, movies, big blockbuster things, small things. He was, um, I read that he was kind of like typecast a lot for being like a villain early in his career. Which is so funny, because that is not how we know Stanley Tucci nowadays. Now, when I when I fucking watched um, the, the Lovely Bones, I was like, <laughs> I was like, this is not the Stanley Tucci I know and love. <laughs> um, yeah, you. I don't think, I don't know if many people would... Uh, think of him as a, a villainy type character, but he was a villain in um, the Pelican Brief. Yeah, he was um, playing a very maybe not a villain, but a very aggressive, angry man in um, mo- is it Mornings with Velvet? Uh, some, some Velvet morning. Some morning. Vel- yeah, right. Um, I was like, why is he so angry? I yeah. don't like my two. This is not the way I like my two. It is interesting to watch him get angry on film because there's something interesting about like he's not an. Imp- I don't feel like he's an imposing figure. He's a smaller right sort of man. Uh, sort of man. He's a smaller man, uh, but there is something intimidating about him. Oh yeah! And when he flips that switch, it's it's re- it's there. It's like, unnerving. Yeah, it's exactly. He he has that thing where he looks so welcoming and yeah. like genuine. And you so, want to kiss both cheeks, right? And that's what's <laughs> scary. Like he's able to like you would never have seen it coming. And no. so when it like when he does turn on you, it's like oh shit! Like what must it take for a man who is so kind and welcoming and loving to um, go to these um, crazy places? Uh, doing something like The Lovely Bones was satisfying because I felt I, I pulled off something that was a very difficult thing to pull off. Um, and it was a very painful process to, to do that film, to play that role. Because um, uh, you're, you're dealing with a character, a character where I played, if you haven't seen the film, a... a, a uh, child uh, molesting serial killer. Um, playing this character was incredibly uh, daunting because the thing is, you can't just make him sort of evil and some sort of monster. He's a human being, and the more human you make him, the more ter- the more terrifying he is, and the more believable he is. So that's the, that's really the the goal, and that's hard. It's hard. Yeah. It's hard. It's Sort of unnerving. He has been nominated for three Golden Globes. He's won twice. Uh, he won one for Winchell, which was a 1998 HBO movie. Um, and then he also won one for being on Monk. Right. Yeah. Um, he guest star on Monk. Which was Tony, he also nominated for a Conspiracy? He was nominated, but it did not yeah. win. Oh, okay. Um, and, and Conspiracy is a 2001 HBO film. Um, and he was also nominated for a Tony Award. Um, for best actor in a play in his role, uh, 
in Terrence McNally's Frankie and Johnny and the Claire de Lune. Also some hot goss. I didn't know this. He like had an affair with, um, uh, I don't know this. Edie so. Falco. What? Who was also starring in, um, and I, I read this. I don't have like, I don't have the receipts in front of me, but I did read this in the research. Um, yeah, he apparently left his wife, Kate, to, uh, with, to be with his star, um, his co-star in this, um, this play, um, the relationship did not last and he went back to Kate, um, kind of a downer, I guess his wife, Kate did pass away yeah, from breast, breast cancer. cancer. Yeah. Um, in Super 2000, sad. In 2009, I believe. Yeah, yeah. Not a crazy long time ago. No, no, no. Um, uh, and he had two, how many kids did he have with her? I want to say he had three. Three. And then there's also, she, he was help, helping raising her kids yeah. from a previous marriage. I believe that's right. two. Right. And then yeah. my math is not good, guys. Right. I, I mean, I should fact check that, but I don't, he has like, there, there are many little tuchis. Yeah. Um, Gucci. I don't know why I said that. <laughs> um, he got remarried to Emily Blunt's older sister in 2011 or 12. Um, and yeah, sh- he met her through Emily because they worked together on The Devil Was Prada. Well, I met her at, at her sister's wedding. Mm-hmm. She, she's Emily Blunt is, is we love her Emily sister. Blunt. Emily's Emily great. Blunt, yeah. the actress. So we, we met at Em's wedding and then we both realized that we had this love of food. Mm-hmm. And we started eating out together a lot. And then uh-huh. uh, she came and stayed with me in America and we started cooking together and it's great. What kind of stuff did you cook? Well, the first one of the first things that we cooked together, well, were, there were pheasants that we cooked together that we were given by the restaurant down that below her apartment and we we he told us how to pluck them so we were plucking them on a Saturday you morning. You got a pheasant and then with them. the feathers. Mhm. Yeah. That's a heck of a pick. Like, baby, let's yeah. go uh, pluck some feathers together. I know, together. I know. Yes. I mean... <laughs> well, lots of, lots of plucking going on, so that was nice. Wow. Yeah. Like I mentioned, uh, in 2006, that's when he was on Monk, and he got uh, an Emmy for Outstanding Guest Actor. Him and Tony Shalhoub are, like, best friends. They were together in um, at least two movies. They're in Big Night together. They're in The Impostors they're, together. They're in a bunch of movies together. It's not just that. And they were also going to do... He directed this movie called Blind Date, which they had rehearsed for five weeks with Tony Shalhoub. And then he had to drop out because the funding fell and the schedule changed and he had to go shoot more Monk. And uh, so... Uh, he stepped in. He, he stepped in and took over the role. And it's funny because I read an interview with Patricia Clarkson and Stanley Tucci because she's the female lead in it because it's mostly just them. And the f- very first thing that when it was brought up, she was like, she was like, oh, Anthony's the better kisser. She's like, Ooh. absolutely. And she's like, he is m- a much better kisser than Stanley Tucci. I like Stanley that she Tucci. calls Tony Anthony. <laughs> Anthony. <laughs> oh, Anthony. Also, were they not... So... Tony Shalhoub is also in Quick Change, right? Yes. And and we were talking about this earlier. He's a cab driver, yeah. Yeah, he's a cab driver. Which he then played for the next, like, ten years of his career. Right. Tony, Sh- <laughs> Tony Shalhoub, who's playing, like, every, like... Vaguely e- ethnic? Vaguely ethnic person. Yeah. Like, he's um, aggressively um, Italian in Big Night. Aggressively um, now Jewish in um, The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Yeah. Uh, which is amazing. Uh, sorry, we got sidetracked on Tony Shalhoub. But <laughs> only to say that... Uh, He's best friends with Stanley Tucci, which I live, laugh, love. Um, <laughs> like I said, he's been on a lot of TV also. He had a medical drama on CBS called Three Pounds. It was canceled pretty um, quickly. Uh, uh, he was also on the first season of Murder One. Murder One was a really excellent TV show that I liked. Uh, each season was going to focus on a different murder, and he was like the creepy bad guy on the first season. Right. Yeah. Um, he was also on a British show called Fortitude. Um 
Uh, yeah, I mean, he's been in so much stuff, it's kind of ridiculous. In 2009, when he played, uh, was when he did Lovely Bones, in which he got a Oscar nomination for, his only Oscar nomination. Um, that movie's crazy. Um, and it was not what I thought it was going to be. Um, I mean, he's been like, and he has all these bit parts and so many things. He was, he is the doctor that gives Captain America his Captain America-ness. Dr. Erskine. Right. Uh, um, he's in Devil Wars Prada. He was, he plays, um, uh, Julia Child's, um, husband. Is it Paul Child? Yes. I think so. that sounds right. Here, let me look In Julia and Julia, um, both with Meryl Streep. Oh, he played, um, maybe his most well-known, like, around the world is his role, um, in the Hunger Games series. Yes. As Caesar Flickman. Yes, yes. Paul Child. Yeah. Paul Child, yeah. Um, Caesar Flickman, yeah. Um, during the campiest camp that ever camped. Yes. Um, he was kind of perfect casting for that because, I mean, I'll be honest, when I first heard he was playing that role, um, and I have a feeling, this is not going to be one of our picks, so I'm fine with talking about The Hunger Games right now. Um, when he was first cast, I had read the books because I knew the movies were coming out, and I was like, meh, whatever. Um, I was like, ugh, Stanley Tucci, like, that's not, that's never going to work. Like, like, I want, like, 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 flamboyant and, right. like, like, crazy and... Uh, Little did you know. Yeah, no, in a pinch, just, like, beautiful. So, Pete, tell me, is there a special girl back home? No, no, not really. No. I don't believe it for a second. Look at that face. Handsome man like you. Peter. Tell me. Well, there, uh... There is this one girl that I've had a crush on forever. Uh, but I don't think she actually recognized me until the reaping. Well, I'll tell you what, Peter. You go out there and you win this thing. And when you get home, she'll have to go out with you. Right, folks? <laughs> I mean, like, in Easy A, he says he was gay once. Easy. We've all been there. We've all been, we all do it. Right. Is everything all right? Sounds like you're having sex in here, which I know can't be true due to the fact that you have a homosexual boyfriend. He's not my boyfriend. Hey, no judgment. All God's children. It's fine. I was gay once for a while. No big deal. We all do it. It's okay. Dad, can you shut the door, please? For Stanley Tucci, it uh, was Hunger Games. Yes. <laughs> Caesar Flickman. Um, he, not, not any of the movies where he plays an actual gay man, like Burlesque and okay. <laughs> Devil Wears Prada. True. <laughs> so Stanley Tucci's been gay multiple times yeah, yeah. in my dreams. Um... Also, I wanted to just, like, confirm right now that I watched half of Burlesque and was like, I'm done with Christina Aguilera trying to act. Goodbye. Um, I saw it in a dinner in a movie theater with my mom. Wow. And my then 14-year-old niece. Wow, 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 wow. So, I just want you to know, I have taken one for the team, folks. Right. <laughs> my mom loves Cher, so. I will say, I mean, and this is kind of also maybe something we can talk about. He... Just is able, we talked last week, or not last week, last episode about men not being able to rise to Gina Davis's level. Yeah. Stanley Tucci rises to the occasion with all these great female actresses. Like, yes. I'm just like, uh, with Cher, I mean, the best parts of Burlesque of what I saw was Stanley Tucci just riffing with Cher, having so much fun. Yeah, yeah. He's just there, he's like, listen, I know I'm not doing like anything crazy here. I'm just like being funny and silly with Cher. Him with Meryl Streep in yeah. both those movies, a delight. Yeah, just completely. He's, he's good at sort of 
he has this way of of and I noticed this in a bunch of his different films of of making certain things almost sound like improv and I don't mean yeah. that in, in like an insulting way because they they are they're always in tune with the scene mm-hmm. in tune with the character work he's clearly done beforehand and they never feel out of place but there's always something like a very sly silliness even sometimes when he's playing villains yeah. Yeah. that he's able to like slip in and it it's almost like it's like finding a hidden signature in mm-hmm. a in, in a yeah. picture or something. I think, like I think the clearest uh, depiction of that is an easy A. Yeah, where he, I mean, and I think he has mentioned in um, interviews that he did improvise some oh, lines. Patri- Patricia Clarkson said the same thing that they uh, were very respectful to the script of Easy A, uh, but they had at that point, I think she said they had played a couple at least five times right. or six times on camera before, and so they felt so at ease with each other that they decided to just play as much off each other as they could. And it's but once again very respectful to the script, and but it's just like a delight to see. Yeah, you guys know that I was here all weekend, right? Yeah. Yes, you were upstairs. Yeah. You would testify to that? Yeah. I would take a bullet for you. You know that. That is comforting. That's how I am. That's how I roll. That's how I do. <laughs> I like the pets. Thank you. They're Costco. You can have them when you get a little taller if you want. I'm never going to go through puberty. Of course you will, baby. But we're a family of late bloomers. I didn't until I was 14, nor did Olive. Why does that matter? I'm adopted. What? Oh, my God! Who told you? Guys, we were going to do this at the right time. Listen to me. Sometimes, even when a man and a woman love each other very much, like your mother and I used to, their insides just don't cooperate with each other. And it, and I think he also gives room to these brilliant actresses to, yeah. like, kind of, like, he knows that he's playing, like... And, and I think I also uh, read an interview, he's like... Listen, I do all these movies. I go to set like for three days. Yeah. I have a blast and then I go home and I can just like chill. And, and he kind of recognizes that he is not like being cast as leads, but also I didn't know that he was kind of such like a crazy, uh, director, producer, writer character also. Yeah. And so, and I think that's, that's part of his career that not enough people talk about. Yeah. uh, Is, is the fact that he, creates a lot of work for himself as well too right he's directed at least four movies yes um which is big night the imposters um, um there's the one i always oh, forget blind date blind date and then that's the the burial of oh, is it one second. is it the joe gould one yeah the is, secret of joe gould yes that sounds right um he also is um really huge in the food world yes he's a great cook and he's Talked a lot about this, how he's, he thinks dinner with the family is so important, um, and cooking with your spouse and your kids is really great. He, um, so Wikipedia says was co-owner of the Finch Tavern in Crouton, Croton Falls, New York. I don't know if that means that it yeah, has closed Croton down. Falls. Yeah. Um, I don't know if that means it has closed down or not, but I would love to take a little trip to Finch Tavern and see if I can find the Tooch there. And he also has, um, he released a cookbook in 2012 called the Tucci Cookbook, um, so yeah. He's... Oh, oh, that isn't his only cookbook, by the way. Okay, what's his other? He cookbook? also has the Tucci Table <laughs> okay. with uh, Felicity Blunt. Really? Yeah. Wow. Stanley Tucci and Felicity Blunt. Love that. Yeah. That guy does a casual husband and wife cookbook, Just making cookbooks. Yeah. Acting, Ugh. doing literary agency stuff on the side. I love that. Oh, he's also God, done a lot the of... dream. <laughs> 
He also has done a lot of voice work. Um, I don't, did you um, by chance get to watch Space Chimps? <laughs> I uh, I didn't. I noticed. I think he's also in the sequel. <laughs> he is in Space Chimps too. <laughs> yeah, correct. Um, I feel. I'm sorry. I just. I'm not made of time. Right. 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 <laughs> well, uh, surprise. That's my pick. No I'm kidding. <laughs> Five star review. Right. No, I mean I didn't watch those either, but I just think it's really funny that he like not he he was a voice in robots and also yes. gave his voice for robots the video game. Yes, um, and he was also a voice in in Despero, the yes. about the little knight who's a mouse. Yes. Uh, the little mouse who's a knight. I mean <laughs> I, I have a I have a niece who's now like nineteen, but at the time like that's when robots and that movie came out, and I've seen those movies many, many times and yes. <laughs> on purpose by myself. Yeah. Um he was also in the in Beauty and the Beast, the live action remake as um Maestro Cadenza. Um so yeah, I don't know how much more else we want to go into um the rewind of him. Um you know, he's got like a million kids with him his um deceased wife is that a polite way to say that his, it's it's yeah his his wife who has passed his wife who's passed yeah and um he his does have deceased wife he does have a, a child with felicity blunt as well yes um and there there is just a ton of little two cheese about the, yeah and then um just to maybe touch a little bit on his humanitarian work um he has worked with the united nations refugee agency uh unhcr to help raise awareness for the global refugee crisis um and yeah, I mean, between that and like making a million movies a year, you know, that, that kind of, yeah, the man's not hurting for work. I no. mean, if we were to, if we were to name all the films that he did I mean, within the last three years, we wouldn't even have enough time to like. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, and he, and it's wild because it's very, I mean, maybe this is like a very good template for like, he makes his Transformers six and seven or whatever. Right. And then he goes and makes, you know, like margin call. Right. Um, and so he definitely, um... Well, that's the thing. He's definitely, he's found his, like, niche in blockbusters, because he's, you know, not only did he do that, he did uh, that horrible Jack the Giant Slayer movie that... Uh, right, right. Uh, by that child molester. I right, mean, yes, uh, correct. No, that was right, yeah. yeah that was correct. And, um... And he does the Hunger Games, and, mm-hmm. you know, but, like, in between those things, he, yeah, he does, right. or, like, he goes off and make, he actually has another film coming out this year, I believe, or just came out last year, with Army Hammer, that he oh, directed. That's so, fine. Is it Final Portrait? Yes. I have not seen it. It says no. it has come out, but. Yeah, I couldn't find it, I'll be honest. Maybe but... it hasn't come out, like. Yeah. Yeah, really, really. The the most you can do, and it's easier as you sort of you get older, you can sort of make suggestions and work with the director or the writer, usually the director, on how to how to make it better. Um or you make the decision just not to take the role and starve. Um you just you know, you you have to also look at the players involved and who and if you feel that these people are going to be collaborative, and if they're collaborative, then you can get to some place that isn't that terrible script that, that you've read. Do you know what I mean? But a lot of times, those experiences can be really, really useful. Having to figure out ways to say bad dialogue can teach you a great deal. And then maybe you walk away with a little money. And then that little bit of money in the bank will allow you to then go and do the thing that you really want to do. Uh, whether it is creating your own thing or finding something that somebody else has done that's that's small and and well written, it's 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 always a balancing act. It's it always is. 
there's so much to go go through, but um, I I saw Shall We Dance. Um, he's in the terminal. Yeah, um, I wasn't about to rewatch that. No, I was like, we watched that for Diego Luna. Yeah. Um, so this was a hard. This was a very hard one because uh, he's in so many things. He's in so many things, and he's in so many things for so little. Right. Um, but I'm very curious to find out. Uh, let's. We might as well take rip the bandaid off. Let's deprecate before we celebrate. Uh, let's go I into love that. Let's go into our one star reviews. Okay. I feel bad. I'm I. I'm picking something a movie that is very much a movie about him for him. He is not just like a side character. Um, because if I wanted to, I could pick you know in too deep or. Right. Uh, you know, any other garbage movie that he was in for, like, five seconds. Um, but instead, I'm gonna pick Joe Gold's Secret. Oh, really? One that he directed, too. I know, and I feel Ooh. bad, because I know this was probably a movie that, like, he loved making, and, you know, it's, like, a an indie film, and that he poured a lot of his heart into. Um, I just did not connect at all to the story, and I know this is, like, a, a true, based on a true story, um, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna, be awful in describing the story, but essentially, Joe Gould's secret is about um, Joe Gould, who is this this New York character. He was this New York character, um, an eccentric, if you will, um, who claimed to have um, written a history of everything. Is that what it's called? The history of everything? A history of something? It's it's like I did. I unfortunately didn't see it. I'll be honest. It's uh, like uh, it's either like the history of everything or like an oral history or whatever. He had allegedly written down everything. He was you know he he's kind of like this homeless character who would just come in and out of places. And uh, Stanley Tucci plays a journalist who works for the New Yorker, um, New Yorker, New York Magazine, one of those two. Um, and he plays uh, has a southern accent, and um, he and and he's like you know charming enough. But he's, like, looking for the hot next story to get. Let me ask you a question. Mm-hmm. You know that fella who was in here the other day? Who? The small, disheveled-looking... Um... <laughs> that was you, Joe. Oh, hush. No, you know who I'm talking Gould, about. Gould, I know who you mean. Joe Gould, the writer. Writer? Yep, writing the history of the world. Well, don't say I never gave you anything. What do you mean, the history of the world? The history of the world... Well, I'm telling you, not like a history book, like history, but more what people say to each other on the street, wherever, every day in their lives, you know? In a, an oral history, he says he calls it. And he just runs into Joe Gould, and he wants to, like, he essentially writes this, like, very eccentric New York-y piece, puff piece on him, and all of a sudden Joe Gould is, you know, getting... Um, sponsored by people to keep living because he's so eccentric and cool and quirky and crazy and Susan Sarandon's there. And, <laughs> um, yeah, that sounds right. And I just was like, I hate Joe Gould so much. He's not, and I, I like the, I don't usually read reviews about movies before, like to like, but I read and they were like a critical darling. That was, you know, the little scene. And I just, I I was like no, and, and apparently at the end of this movie, like the the history doesn't exist. In the end, he turns out to be some he has uh, some sort of like mental psychological disorder that makes him you know write things over and over again. And 
I just didn't know what I was supposed to feel about, at the end of this movie. Uh, and, and Stanley Tucci, I, I feel like in this movie, he, it's just not served to him. Like he was very, I don't know, uh, I feel bad. I feel bad because I, I'm sure like this was like, oh, you know, I gotta get the story out. And, um, and, uh, in the real life story, um, this guy, he only reveals that Joe Gould's secret, that he had faked everything, um, after Joe Gould had died and wrote this book revealing all of it, blah, 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 blah. Um, yeah, if you're looking for, like, some, like, I, I was really searching for, you know, movies where Stanley is front and center and gets a shine, and this movie is one of them. Unfortunately, the movie's just not great. Yeah. I was, like, it, it, it very much felt like, indie like just snooty whatever and i was like why do i care what's what am i learning what am i um so yeah uh joe gold secret i i don't recommend i'm sorry uh so i i have a, a pick along a similar vein it's not a film he directed but i i also do want to get it out of the way uh i do think it'd be a disservice to pick a film in which he appeared only in five minutes in and i did watch some bad movies that yeah. he's only in a couple seconds of uh but you know it's we're here to sort of judge him on a whole. So actually, I I kind of really commend you. And I know, like, I don't want I don't want to upset anybody. Uh, this was a listener pick, by the way. We should have mentioned that up front. Uh, our listener Melissa wanted us to do Stanley Tucci. So we, and like a lot of people yeah, were excited. Yeah, a lot of people were really excited. Uh, but uh, I commend you for picking something that he was so involved in because I think that's really what we're here to do. In in my opinion. Um, that being said, uh, my burlesque. Pick, yeah, my pick is burlesque. Uh, my pick is uh, 2013 Some Velvet Morning, which you mentioned briefly earlier. Yeah. Um, I saw this film in, at the Tribeca Film Festival uh, by the very first year I went uh, for my for one of my former podcasts, and um, I was horrified that it was a movie. Like I was so angry and upset, and. Uh, uh, I want to talk about the movie first to get it out of the way, and then I'll talk about Stanley Tucci. Uh, it's it, written by everyone's favorite misogynist, Neil LeBute. Um, <laughs> and uh, Neil LeBute is a very talented playwright, and uh, he just clearly hates women. And um, Don't we all? Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, and then, yes. Anyways, uh, and it's, it's just Stanley Tucci and Alice Eve, and it takes place yeah. in a row house in Brooklyn. Stanley Tucci plays this man who's meeting his young lover um, through the course of it. It's all shot. It's very stagey and not in a, in a good way, um, which is funny because I've seen Neil Butte shoot his own plays before, but it works for that. And it's very specific um, and interesting. Here, it is not interesting at all. Uh, I didn't think like it was way too stagey, but it, he, this man meeting his mistress, um, you come to find out that uh, he's claims he's left his wife and you come to find out that she's a high priced sex worker that he used to hook up with on business trips and she's waiting for her next appointment, which is his son. And so it's like the slowly getting angry and angry and more heated and more slightly violent. And finally, and I'm, I will, if you do not want this film spoiled for you, you should fast forward for about five minutes. It's a big spoiler. But I'm, I'm going to spoil it flat out. He rapes her, and then you find out that the whole thing is just a, a, setup. a setup. It's a game that he is paid for. She is actually a sex worker, and uh, it's last, a rape I, fantasy. And it's essentially like the hour and a half or whatever we just it's saw. It's only 80 minutes. It's not even an hour and a half. Like, all of it, all that we just saw was, like, a setup, and he... Did not leave his wife. And right. Like, and it's, it's, the movie freaked me out a lot. Yeah. Until and the, that very end, I was, and so like, 
it's it's like violent, and he's like, "What? Well, you, what would you do if I wouldn't let you out?" And, what, and, right. and oh, like you're fucking my son, and blah blah blah. And uh, is his dick bigger? Like it's and it's very like bizarre and angry. I'm not mad. I'm just. I'm just very very disappointed. I understand. No, you don't. Because if you did, you would crawl over here. And blowing. Just out of sympathy. Is that what you like? I wouldn't hate it. Is that what you like? Hmm? Don't do that. Don't play those games. Why do you do? Why do you play those games? Why? I hate games. I don't know what you mean. Is that what you do with Chris? You play those little games with him? Is that what you do? That little like kissy kissy lovey lovey games with him? Is that what you do? Chris doesn't make me suck his cock. He doesn't make me do anything. Well, isn't he a fucking pussy? And then at the last minute, it's like, so he like walks out after he rapes her. Yeah. And then he comes back and he's like, hey, are you okay? Yeah. Was that too violent? Was that? that, And then then she's like, oh, no. Like, of course. Like, great session. Here's the, like, he pays her. And it's like, oh, have a great time. And oh, and Um, I want to talk about Tucci in the movie, though, uh, real quick. I don't think, I think, let me collect my thoughts. I understand why he took the role. It's a very interesting, challenging role. And I don't think it's a role that's, like, out of his range by any means. But I wonder if there was something lost in the direction. Because as we're talking about how he can be very charming, but then that flip, the switch can flip and he can be much more intimidating. It didn't, it never worked for me in this movie. It was almost like he was too angry at points or too quick to, and I understand, like, part of that is, Maybe it's the, the distancing yourself because you're a character, you're playing a character playing a character. Right. And he was getting lost a little bit in that. But there, the, the chemistry between them was really bad. And I don't know if part of it was Alice Eve kind (laughs) of, and I, I also wondered if this was the choice. She kind of wanders around like a robot for most of the movie. She sort of clunks around and, and I just didn't see the connection between them. And they're supposed to be this heated, passionate thing that turns really dark and violent. And I ne- I never got that heat. So when the violence comes, it's extra upsetting. And I do wonder if that is part of the direction because Neil Butte really doesn't mind shocking an audience. I mean, this is a man who wrote a play called The Mercy Seat about a couple who live next to the World Trade Center. And after the planes crash into it, they spend the next two days deciding if they should just pretend to be dead and run away with their lives. Holy shit. Yeah. So he is not a man who is like afraid to to move away and i like him as a player i know i've said some really disparaging things against him i actually do think he's written some really good plays um but it's it's really interesting i don't know if i feel like maybe the the conversation about who the character was and what they should be doing and what they were trying to accomplish there was a distance between all three of those things it's weird because when i saw it i i don't know that i i think the movie succeeds ultimately and what it's trying to do um, and what I read from it was 
oh, this guy's so fucking pathetic. Yeah. It's, like, pathetic. Well, because I liked, like, at the very, very very last minute with the switch, where he's suddenly a different person, I I bought that performance. That's the performance I bought. Right, and and that's kind of why I thought, though, like, oh, if he's trying to, if this is, like, a nice man whose fantasy is to, you know, not only rape a woman, but, like, have this big whole fantasy. A woman he has a connection with. Like, that's that's the weirdest thing. I mean, and because, and this is, like, very murky, like, sex politics, uh, and whether this is, like, good for her or not, like... Um, if you are advocating for sex workers and, you know, she, she gets her money and she like, and they seem to have a positive relationship. Yeah. You know, if, if you're buying into the end of it and he's like, how are you, sweetie? Is it fine? And, 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 you know, and she's like, great. And when, when is the next time for you? And can you come back? Blah, blah, blah. Like it, the, as far as like sex workers and their John relationships go, this one seems to be pretty positive. Yeah. Um, but the movie takes so long to let yeah. you in on it. It's so uncomfortable. And you, the, my reading of Stanley Tucci's character was this guy's so pathetic and he thinks he has power. He thinks he like is able to, you know, and they're, they're, I didn't read any heat at all. I didn't get any like, Oh, this is like a sexy drama. Um, because there is no chemistry and it's clear that she wants him to go away. Right. Um, and so that's why it's kind of a mind fuck. And you know, I can, I feel bad and awful and like that. The, a lot of that first of the movie is like, oh, this sucks, and I hate this, I hate him in this, and I hate everything. But then, like, it's just like the, that last two, three minutes, and you're like, oh, may, I guess, like, I guess if that's right, what your sex is you're into, I guess. But I don't it, know. it just felt so pointless. It felt like it was like, like when that's when that happens, it feels like, oh, look how naughty we've been, right. and like I don't know, I did, I just didn't buy, I just didn't buy it, and, he, and he's a major part of that, but also more than anything, the direction I feel like, is yeah, I think also the movie didn't look, I mean, it was like the house is very like bare, yeah, and I mean, Alice Eve is wearing this like hot red dress, yeah, um, and so the focus is like a lot on her. Um, and they just kind of like walk back and forth up and down the stairs a little yeah. bit. And it is, it's a lot, it's a lot of the same, it's a lot of circular conversations. And I get maybe if you're two people who are sort of improving that, like yeah. in the moment, right. it would feel more like that, but it just, it's not very cinematic. Right. For a movie, it's yeah. not like, and, that, and that's why I was trying to understand. I was like, okay, I guess if you're trying to make a movie about kind of some very extreme sexual, um, agreements or whatever, like situations, um, I guess this is kind of how that would go, but, like, as far as, like, a visual, like, something to, like, see is, like, right. it's not really entertaining, per right. se. There's nothing entertaining about seeing Stanley Tucci rape a woman. No, not like, at all. Like, it's, it's horrifying. Yeah. And again, and, again, this is, like, one of the... And it wasn't, I mean, it, it's it's an unflinching yeah. moment. It's meant to shock you. Yeah, for, oh, for yeah. sure. This is not, like, I mean, when I went into this movie, I thought, like, oh, this is gonna be, like, a sexy drama. I did, too. Absolutely I saw, is I not. saw the theater full of critics. <laughs> you should have, you should have seen how many walkouts there were. Oh, I so. bet. And I, uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I read an interview where he talked about this movie, and he, they were like, you say the word cunt a lot in this movie, and he was like, oh, I love the word cunt. Like, and, I mean, there is something shocking about seeing Stanley Tucci, I mean, for for people like us who maybe see him more like as like as the uh, devil was Prada easy a type guy seeing him go so far against type yeah. and like cursing and saying all and doing these awful things um and so there is i mean i maybe there's some value there as far as like excitement on the screen but i feel like he even does you know i feel like 
he he made a film the year after Blind Date. We mentioned before Patricia Clarkson. Yeah, I feel like that's clearly like the better version of this movie, right? He does. and the more well directed version of this movie, and he directed it himself. Yeah, so yeah, it's weird because the the movies are similar in some senses. Yeah, just that uh, Blind Date, I guess, is just about like kind of you know, it's a it's a married couple whose whose relationship has fallen apart uh, because they a child passed away, which ha- there's some unfortunate like post-life narration from the child which I yeah. wish I wish the film did not have because I think it would have been a much better film without but I actually really like that movie yeah. uh, but it even it even has moments in that you know there's a scene where he tells her that, uh, clearly trying to get a rise out of her that he like slept with his mother he sodomized yeah. his mother yeah. I slept with my mother maybe I'll have a beer was it nice? it was alright I saw the monster. I think I will have a beer. Excuse me. Did you hear what I said? You're very sweet, I think. I ass-fucked my mother. This is artless shit. I mean, come on. And like that felt more like re- like a character playing right. a character trying to get a reaction out of somebody. Then right. And so to be clear, blind date him and his wife quote play games. Yeah. And they pretend they don't know each other, and they're meeting over and over again. Right. And it's in the, and it's a way to try and heal their fractured relationship. Right. And it's not necessarily working. Um, I did enjoy the the fun bisexual. Uh, waiter in the movie as well. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Were there any other bad movies that you think we should mention? Like oh, things that you just really didn't like? I I really, really just have to mention In Too Deep. Um, again, um, this was in 1999 and it's one of those and I hate to say it, it is... A concoction of like Hollywood where they're like, okay, we're gonna make a quote urban movie. Yeah. Um, it stars LL Cool J as like this gangster and, um, oh my god, I'm gonna hate myself if I don't remember the name of the, the other lead. Um, Omar Epps is the lead and he's an undercover cop who's going in too deep with LL Cool J's gang. Um, and Stanley Tucci is the police chief. Um, it's it's very much in the vein of it's it's essentially like a mob movie but f- quote like for black people like and it's it's uh there <laughs> I I just have to mention I that I because I went through this and so you guys need to come along for the ride um there is a scene where LL Cool J playing against type um basically sodomizes one of his like gang members who he doesn't like anymore with a pool stick oh. um and. The movie is so... I mean, I also noticed a lot of his movies, they have a lot of aggressive, like, anti-gay things going on. I mean, I guess for the times, I guess. Like, the 90s, I get it. 2000s, like, I'm a millennial, I get it. But I was just like, that specifically, I was like, oh, they're showing... Okay, great. L Cool J, like, who's, you know, hosting the fucking Grammys every year and, like, America's most accessible black <laughs> rapper, you know, of... Uh, and that's was, really awful. Yeah. Uh, uh, sorry, go on. No, and um, that's it. I, I, I mean, burlesque. I turned off, but he's fine in it. Um, oh, I. Oh, oh, I do have one, and this is really funny uh, because he did win the Golden Globe for it. Winchell. Uh, I watched 1998's HBO uh, movie Winchell, 
and he's like pulling an okay performance. Like he's basically doing a caricature, mm-hmm. and that was a little frustrating because the whole movie felt like it was a caricature. And and I think biopics that are about real people, especially people who are were like as damaging to the fabric. Like he was essentially America's biggest propagandist. He started out as a gossip columnist and eventually became sort of like a mouthpiece for the for the Red Scare. Um. It felt very, like, cartoony and very, like, sort of redeeming and, like, you know, and I I don't mind him trying to humanize the character, but what he was doing wasn't really a human portrayal. It was like, yeah, it's like, I'm Walter Winchell and, like, I'm going to speak like this throughout the whole movie and everything. And so it was a really strange, I get why he won the award for it because it's very much a character it's, but the, he put in a lot of work yeah but the but the movie itself is not great and therefore the performance is really i mean it's a very very much a 1998 biopic right like hits all those buttons i also have to say i watched the lovely bones and i just didn't get oh it. that movie fucking sucks i just like, didn't get it <laughs> like, i speaking of the the omniscient dead child Yes, yeah. he's like, and, and I mean, a lot of his movies have like weird echoes to each yeah. other. Um, did not know that Peter Jackson directed. Yeah, and w- once I saw his name come up, I was like, oh, now it makes sense. Now, and like- that movie, like I remember, because that movie was his follow up to Lord of the Rings, and like I understand, there's so much pressure on that. Yeah, because they, you know, th- these math three massive films, he wins Best Director for you know the third one, which is unheard of, right. and um, and he decides to adapt this like bestseller that everybody read on the beach during the summer. Yeah, the, and, the emo high school yeah. bestseller. Like. And yeah, so I get why the pressure was there, but man, is it a model and piece of crap. Right? I, I, I mean, I, like, it's beautiful. Yeah. Like, Peter Jackson, you know, creates some very lovely um, scenes. Like, there's a particularly horrifying scene that probably is, it's supposed to stand in for him actually murdering um, Susie Salmon. Yes. And um, he's, like, in a tub, looking very ominous, um, and it's, like, all white, and then maybe you see all the blood everywhere. Um, if you don't know, The Lovely Bones is a, an adaptation of a book uh, by the same name, um, and it's narrated by Susie Salmon, and she's talking to us from... The Great Beyond. Right, the Upside Down. Who knows? Yeah. Um, and she's like... Saoirse. Yeah, it's Saoirse Ronan who live, laugh, love. Um, and she's talking about, you know... I was killed and my parents are trying to find me and right. blah, blah, blah. And essentially, um, this town creeper, maybe not town creeper, he's been murdering girls across, you know, the East for a long while. And, right. um, this, uh, there's like sci-fi elements to it. Um, and so Stanley Tucci plays the murderer. Would you like a refreshment, Susie? Actually, I have to go. No, being polite. You have to be polite. Be polite. That's another rule. But anyway, I think I'm done talking shit about Stanley Tucci now. Me too. So let's take a step back and talk about a little more of the positive stuff. Our five-star reviews. So this one wasn't difficult for me, and I will say... uh, I I was a little upset for having seen so many Stanley Tucci movies. Uh, I don't feel like my opinion changed much on him. I think he's really excellent at what he does. If we're talking about the films that he's in for like five to ten minutes, fifteen minutes at most, uh, one of the things we, we like about him, and I was discussing this with Dan not too long ago, um, that 
he's really good at what he does. He's not in a ton of movies, like in terms of length. Um, so when he shows up, you're excited to see him. Yep. You're, he gets to do a great thing, and then he goes away. Right. And so it's hard to do this for his career. So once again, like I, I pick something of the of the longer, uh, because I, I think it's only fair to judge him by the sort of length of his work and and the craftsmanship he puts in. So my pick is 1998 or 1996's Big Night. It's mine too. Is it really? Yeah. That's really funny. So it was the first film he directed, he co-directed with Campbell Scott, as we mentioned earlier. Um, and it was, uh, co, it was written by Stanley Tucci along with his cousin, uh, Joseph, uh, Tropiano. Uh, and it's this great film about, uh, two Italian brothers who want to make their own food in their restaurant. The restaurant's failing mm-hmm. and, uh, they throw a dinner. And it's just a really fucking enjoyable film. It is so... I mean, that is, like, high level, like, for the time, like, I was like, yes, this is... I mean, so, where, um, it's wild because, um, Joe Gold's Secret was in 2000, four years later. Yeah. And so his second, um, directorial thing, um, endeavor, and, like, it's, like, the polar opposite. Like, everything I don't want in a movie in, like, the early millennium uh, in New York. Like, it's just, like, too stuffy, not fun. Um, Big Night is just, like, oh, chef's kiss, <laughs> breath of fresh air. It's it funny. Really, it really is. It's, um, it's exciting. It's sad. It's, his brother is Tony Shalhoub, as we mentioned before. Um, he plays Primo. Primo. And Stanley Tucci plays the younger brother. Segundo. 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 Um, and he's having relationship troubles with his girlfriend, Phyllis. Um, and he's... Mini Driver. Mini Driver. And he's also been sleeping with Gabriella, the wife of a restaurant competitor. Isabella uh, Rossellini. Isabella Rossellini, exactly. And so, th- they're surrounded by all these other great actors. Um, he's more of the hype man. His brother's more of the... Primo's more of the chef. Yeah. Primo is the, the chef who is like... The, the, I mean, the best scene of the movie is the very beginning where they're making food at the restaurant for like one. There's one couple and um, another kind of famous New York comedian is playing the woman. I can't remember her name, but I recognized her. And she was like, what's this? I, I ordered. I, this is this doesn't look what I ordered. And he's like, oh, this is a uh, um, oh, what, what does she order? She orders um, risotto. This is risotto with shrimp and scallops. And she's like, I just don't see any scallops. I don't see any shrimp. I just well, I'm just, I mean, it's just it's not what I expected. But I get a side of spaghetti with this, right? Why? Well, no. I thought all main courses come with spaghetti. Well, some, yes, but you see, risotto is rice, so it is a starch, and it doesn't go really with pasta. But I don't... Honey, honey, order a side of spaghetti, that's all. And I'll eat your meatballs. Yeah, he'll have the meatballs. Well, um, the spaghetti comes without meatballs. There are no meatballs with the spaghetti? No, sometimes spaghetti likes to be alone. <laughs> it's such a it's such a good and charming movie. So they get everybody together for this dinner, and the re- the how they try and keep them to the the dinner is they, they promise Louis Prima's gonna show yeah, up. Louis Prima's gonna show up um, because the other restaurateur who's like just trying to steal them away. Um, he's like, oh yeah, this is, I'll, I'll, my friend Louis Prima. I'll invite him. They'll have a big night. There'll be press there, and then you, you'll just be like full of patrons, you know, and uh, it'll save your restaurant. Um, 
And, uh, and it, it, it's all planning for this one big night. Yeah. And, uh, everybody eats there and then, yeah, I don't yeah. want to, I don't want to tell you too much. Like you should watch the rest of the movie and see how it plays out yeah. from there. But it's just, it's a, re- it's a really beautiful character study too. And I guess that's like what you don't often get. I think that's why I ended up, I ended up, re- I, I mentioned Blind Date in the past section. I ended up actually liking Blind Date. I think it has many more missteps mm-hmm. than, um, uh, Big Night. But I think that's, I, I think Stanley Tucci is a lot more interesting uh, when he's really invested in the characters. And even if he's like fully involved in the characters, in their creation, in the writing, in the directing, um, I somebody, when I told them I was doing Stanley Tucci, their first reaction was like, he's never really worked with that many interesting directors. And I hate to say it. They're right. He hasn't worked with that many interesting directors, but I think the most interesting director he's worked with is himself. And I think he's a really oh talented. Yeah, I think he's a really talented guys. Director. Everyone, lesson today: the most interesting person <laughs> yeah. you can work with is yourself. Because if you can't direct yourself, how the hell are you going to direct somebody else? Can I get an amen? Amen. Um, and uh, I, I don't know. I think I think there's something. He, I mean, he clearly knows himself, and as we mentioned many many times, the. He's rarely bad, and I think that comes through in a, in a lot of his performances, but I think he knows himself so well that when he puts himself in the director's chair, it's a, much more of a challenge to get the really heart of that character, and so he has to dig a little deeper. Right. I think he also um, does better when he's able to just kind of, like, play and have fun. Yeah. Because he gets... He does all these movies where, like... I mean, like, in Spotlight, which yeah. was, like, the Oscar-winning movie or whatever yeah, fucking yeah. year, and, like, he just has to play kind of, like balding old white dude right. who are not old but oldish middle aged white dude who is like a bureaucrat and he does that a lot I mean he, that's who it's he, so funny because I saw I saw another movie and I guess we probably should have talked about this during one star review he did this movie directed by Robert Redford in 2014 called The Company You Keep which was about the weathermen and like he plays the publisher of a Albany newspaper and I was like, this is the exact fucking thing he did in Spotlight. It's like, also the same character that he plays in the Transformers movies. Yeah. It's just I, kind of oh, like, did you watch those? Oh, okay. oh no, no, don't okay. be crazy. Okay, I watched like a trailer. Yeah, thank you. Okay. <laughs> but, but I mean, even, and like, he's played those characters for ages. I watched this really great romantic comedy that I ended up loving. And I was shocked that I loved it called Prelude to a Kiss mm-hmm. uh, with Alec Baldwin and Meg Ryan. And he plays Alec Baldwin's best friend and he's not in the movie very much, but that's the same. He plays the same role. He plays, like, like every man best friend characters. Yeah. And, I mean, I will mention, like, um, and someone talking about him getting to play, even when he is in these smaller roles, um, thinking about Shall We Dance, yeah. his character could have easily been the everyman middle-aged white dude, but he gets to kind of play this eccentric weirdo right. who, like, is really into ballroom dancing and wears crazy wigs. And gets and- to say some really offensive shit about how hard it is to be straight. Absolutely. Very. <laughs> Swish butt fancy pants, pinky boy, all these names, all these names that I've been called ever since I was eight years old and dancing around on my mother's rumba records. Now, you know what the worst of it is? Huh? I'm not gay. Can you imagine how much easier my life would be if I were? I mean, a straight man who likes to dance around in sequins walks a very lonely road. I got news for you. Look, you're not going to tell anybody in the office, No, you? no, no, I wouldn't do that. Because I, look, I'm in the same boat, aren't I? He kind of plays like... I think uh, Caesar Flickman is like a permutation of, of this character. character from Shall We Dance. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And he, you know, in Shall We Dance, like when he's dancing, he gets to wear a wig and he gets to wear fake teeth. Yeah. And like, yeah, it's definitely a precursor to that. Um, again, he gets to have a lot of fun doing Easy A, burlesque, yeah. uh, Devil Wears Prada, which I mean is just. Yeah, uh, yeah. 
It's Sublime. fun that we get, it's fun that we get to talk about that again. I I feel like every every six months we'll have to do a, another actor who was in. Unfortunately, at some point we'll get to fucking Adrian Chase or whatever. Oh they, God, yeah. Grenier, Grenier is his name. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, so uh, if if you are going to if you're trying to look for a um, Stanley Tucci fronted movie, yes, like an indie film, go watch Big Night. Yes. Ignore Joe Gold's secret. I guess you have seen it, and let me know I'm wrong. I don't know. But. I can't believe this is the second week in a row. I know, two for no, two. Normally we don't because we don't. One of the fun things about this is we don't talk about it beforehand. We that really way don't. we come in fresh. My other thing that I really really liked, weirdly enough, was Sidewalks of New York. I don't know if you watched that. I, I saw it years ago. Edward Burns directed and wrote this uh, movie, Sidewalks of New York, and it's kind of shot in a documentary style. And it's also it's 2001, I believe. Um, so the tail end of those like 90s movies where they're like watch like you it's like you're going up to people on the streets of new york and like tell me about how crazy and wild it is to be in new york um heather graham's in this movie um rosario dawson very young rosario yeah. dawson oh man i wish i knew the name of um the guy who's in 10 things i hate about you who's the best friend um, oh D- david crumholtz yeah david crumholtz um Brittany murphy r.i.p she's so good in this movie also um stanley tucci is one of the guys and so essentially there's like six i think six main characters um, and they're kind of all connected, not really. And they're essentially this documentary is, I mean, they don't tell you what this is about, but Rosario Dawson's like, oh, I don't know if I should be telling you guys this, but whatever. Um, and, uh, it's all about sex. It's all about like dating and sex. And, you know, Edward Burns goes on a date with Rosario Dawson and they, you know, it's looking at that. But then he's also buying a house from Heather Graham. All right, then why, after six years of marriage, are you suddenly so concerned about the size of your penis? Because, uh, I've been having sex I read that article. Hair. I told you about the article that I read in the in the magazine, the men's magazine, and, and the average size of the penis is, mm-hmm. uh, you know, is are seems. Are you talking to someone out? That's we, what I'm wondering. Stop with that question. That question. Stop it. Feeling like, oh, is it big uh, enough? Like, because you never worried about that with no, me. No. Well, I'm. I'm worried about it with you. Who else am I going to worry about well, it I, with? You don't seem worried. Well, I am if worried. If you were worried, then you'd come home right after work and you wouldn't come I'm home. Going like I'm going to the gym. I'm doing penis exercises at the gym. I'm doing penis exercises. I mean, really I'm joking funny. about... really funny. So you think everything seems normal? No, I'm not saying everything seems normal. It seems like it is what I just told you, which is mostly I'm tired. Stanley Tucci's part in this um, is... Also kind of reflective of um, Velvet, whatever garbage. Some Velvet Morning, yes. Because in this movie, he um, is having an affair with Brittany Murphy, and um, he's married to Heather Graham. And he kind of just talks, like, he is the voice in this movie that's just like, listen, I'm a scumbag. I live a very, quote, European lifestyle. And I just don't, I just don't believe in monogamy. I just don't believe in it. And, um, but I, he doesn't want to get a divorce because the money would be too much. And he's a dentist and, um, Heather Graham is, and then Heather Graham, meanwhile, is just like, well, I, I, I just, I don't even have sex on the first date. No. Oh my God. And blah, blah. <laughs> um, and Brittany Murphy is just like poor. I'm enjoying these impersonations. Like 19 year old who, um, you know, is a student, um, and who he like picked up very like grossly and, um, I really enjoyed this movie. I think it's fun. I think Edward Burns is dreamy AF. I hope he's not problematic. He probably is. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, if another kind of a nice uh, early 2000s, late 90s um, movie about New York by New Yorkers. You can tell this movie is like just inhabited yeah. by all these like New Yorkers who just know it so well. And closing up our five star review section, I, I just cannot like enough talk about Easy A, The Devil Wears Prada. 
and um to a lesser extent julie and julia mostly the julia part <laughs> um <laughs> i i cannot like i just want to like really make sure like del rose prada like him <laughs> you're like i just need to circle back him specifically in this movie yeah saying gerger loins yes <sighs> the line the yeah. line um and he it and this he's not in this movie a lot but he has a character arc and yeah. he you know has um there are stakes for him and he, he, and in the end, you know, it doesn't work out for him, and you get to see like range from his character. He is kind of like the Pinocchio, um, Geppetto character for Anne Hathaway that says, "Listen, no one's feeling sorry for you, so right. like, oh, you don't want to get the fuck out then. Like, this right. is this is a, an amazing opportunity, and you're being a bitch." What is it that you want me to say to you, huh? Do you want me to say, "Poor you, Miranda's picking on you. Poor you, poor Andy." Hmm. Wake up, six. She's just doing her job. Don't you know that you were working at the place that published some of the greatest artists of the century? Halston, Lagerfeld, De La Renta. And what they did, what they created, was greater than art. Because you live your life in it. Well, not you, obviously, but some people. You think this is just a magazine? Hmm? This is not just a magazine. This is a shining beacon of hope for, oh, I don't know. Let's say a young boy growing up in Rhode Island with six brothers pretending to go to soccer practice when he was really going to sewing class and reading Runway under the covers at night with a flashlight. You have no idea how many legends have walked these halls. And what's worse, you don't care. Because this place where so many people would die to work, you only deign to work. And you want to know why she doesn't kiss you on the forehead and give you a gold star on your homework at the end of the day. Wake up, sweetheart. Excellent. Um, I think we're done with our five-star reviews then. Yeah, absolutely. Let's. Um, so but before we move into oh, the next yeah. section, we should recap. Right, recap. As to recaps. The things we didn't like and the things we did like. So my one-star review was Some Velvet Morning, and my five-star review was Big Night, Louis. My one-star review was 2000's Joe Gould's Secret... And my five-star review was also Big Night, which was a 1996 film. Moving into our fast-forward, uh, what what do you sort of... Well, what does he have coming up that's interesting? And right. what do you want from him? Because I know what I want from him. Uh, but, I mean, we, we both know, know what we, we know. Yeah. <laughs> um, I want to mention that there was... There's like a lost Meryl Streep, Stanley Tucci, Tina Fey movie... Um, he apparently was in talks to direct a movie starring, um, Meryl Streep and Tina Fey called Mommy and Me. That's right. And it never materialized. Apparently just like they never could land on a script, um, that the studio liked, that they liked. And it is a tragedy. Yeah. Um, it was supposed to be a movie about Tina Fey moving home to live with her mom, Meryl Streep. And I, I would watch the shit out of that. Oh, also, real quick, shout out to a 2015 TV movie that I actually really liked him in. I forgot to mention this. He was in a British TV movie called Peter and Wendy, in which he played um, Captain Hook, as well as the the father, uh, father darling, and a heart surgeon, because they did this whole thing where it was like, the little girl in it was, was like, having heart surgery, and 
she's also Wendy. So the role is traditionally Captain Hook and the father. So we got to play three different roles. And let me tell you, he is having so much fucking fun as Captain Hook. I love that. Yeah. It's it's a fun... Every year, ITV and BBC get together to do their big Christmas movies. And this was one of them. And, like, they're not always Christmassy. This one wasn't. And uh, Yeah. I mean, so he... So I guess we didn't mention, Stanley Tucci now lives in London. Yes. He moved um, his family to go live um, with where, I guess, Felicity Blunt was based yeah. out of. Um, and he, he said he likes it better there. Yeah, I mean, I feel like I would, too, if I could afford it. Um, uh, This past year, he did all eight episodes of Feud. Um, Oh, right. He was in Feud uh, playing uh, Mr. Warner. Is uh, that right? Yeah, Jack Warner. Yeah, he was playing Jack Warner. Um, You know, I I thought his performance was great. Uh, I do wonder what he was doing. (laughs) I mean... Uh, it's fine. Everybody else is taking pay cuts too. I'm assuming to do it. So, um, he, I mean, his IMDb already is so full with things coming up in 2018 and 2019. He's a voice in something called Show Dogs. Oh, have you not seen the trailer for Show Dogs? No, I have not. Uh, stars Will Arnett and Natasha Leone, and a cast of characters as the dogs themselves. Stanley Tucci, Alan Cumming, Shaquille O'Neal, Gabriel Iglesias. Gabriel Iglesias! Um, yeah, so, like, it's gonna be a garage, but uh, Will Arnett needs to eat, folks. Yeah, get, he's, he, he has alimony. Okay? <laughs> exactly. Um, and then in 2019, the man who saved Paris. Yes, is... he plays Shivanshay. What did you call me? Shivanshay. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, so he's busy as always. Like, there's, I don't, I, I mean, I... I guess I don't know what half of these things can I are. Just, can I just read the plot sure. synopsis For, of The Man Who Saved Paris? Sure. Hit, it, hit me. The most successful brothel owner in Paris during the 1940s is asked by the government to restore the city's image, City of Love, Romance, Light, after the Nazi occupation and falls in love when he least expects it. Mm. It stars Stanley Tucci and Kristen Scott Thomas. Wow. So... Wow, yeah. wow, wow. Romance. I mean... But she's another strong actor that, like, he... I feel like he's only going to be there to highlight. Or not only be there, but, like, part of part of the thing he does, as you mentioned before, yeah. is he lifts up his scene partners. Yeah. And he, especially when they're females, you know. It's uh, amazing. I love it. Um, I... What I... Selfishly... I very much would not like to see him being an angry um, murderer rapist yes. ever again. Yeah, I I think at his age, which once again isn't that old, I don't need to see him be any more villains. It's crazy because I read an interview, he said, I've been playing dad since I was like 25. He's like, it's <laughs> weird. Like, I just have like an older like kind of vibe and look and feel. And so... Can you come play my dad? Hello. <laughs> um... <laughs> And I think also once he started losing his hair, he just kind of like, you know, yeah. really leaned into those roles. Um, I, I think he's so funny. Yes. And I would love if he could like, um, find or get into a, a pure comedy, um, you know, because of what we saw and got a taste for in Easy A and to a lesser extent, but also similar in Devil's Prada. Um, I would, I, I would love to see him full out, yeah. you know, have a whole story. He has amazing instincts and an amazing ability to play off anyone he's paired with, which is a really impressive thing. Um, I, I agree. I would love to see him do more comedies. I, um, don't mind the model he's doing right now of, as we mentioned before, where he does, you know, like two fucking Transformers films and then he gets to do whatever he wants for the next three years. Um, but I just wish there was, I want more 
more lead content from him in in those four years where he's not making Transformers films or not doing, um, you know, uh, the Hunger Games films. Also, I mean, when I saw, I was like, he's only been nominated for one Oscar. Seems wild to me. But then actually going through his filmography, I was like, oh, he's not in a lot of movies, even as like, I mean, he's a supporting actor, but it's never enough, you know, that would guarantee, you know, that kind of like recognition. And I want him to have a role that he can really sink his teeth into yeah um and really showcase because he is so good and once again i do think he's a he's a much more interesting director than he has been given credit for i'd like to see him do something uh, that tests his bounds more because i will say outside of blind date i feel like the films he's directed have been a a little more run-of-the-mill and that's not a knock because i love big night as i mentioned but they're not they're not yeah. like wildly crazy, and I would I wouldn't mind seeing him do something a slightly more visually interesting. But other than that, I I do think he's a, a really talented director, and even when he's directing himself, which is not easy. I wonder if like and you had mentioned he hasn't been he hasn't worked with a lot of interesting directors, people who could maybe push him. Yeah, to, because when he does his own stuff, I think he it's a very um like he gets comfortable, you know, and it's something yeah. that like I mean, Big Night is so personal, you feel it. And you believe everything that's going on there. Um, but, and then all these other movies, it's like, oh, we just need you to be Stanley, Stanley. That's yeah, all yeah. we need you to do. Yeah. Um, Easy A is a good example where, yeah. like, once again, very funny. We, right. lo- we love him in Easy A. Or at least I love it. I don't want yeah. to speak for you, but like. Oh, I hate it. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> gross. Um, and uh, I do actually, I know somebody who hated that movie and I was like, get how out. could you possibly? Get out of here. Um, out of here. But, um, the worst thing about Easy A is that they made Penn Badgley, like, wax his chest. Yeah. Period. Agreed. Um, and, uh, also isn't he like 40 in that role? Correct. But whatever. Um, uh, but, uh, yeah, the, but that's why they cast him. They, they were like, oh, Stanley Tucci will play your father because he can be Stanley Tucci. Right. And, and I wonder if like, and the reason why he got so much like recognition for the Lovely Bones is it really was kind of, I mean, right. Pushing against like what he usually does. Um, and it certainly showed range. Um, now he just needs to be in a better movie. Yeah. Yeah. And doing that as well. I think also, um, I would love if he somehow had more capital, um, in Hollywood and uh, financing to keep turning out these kind of like smaller medium movies, um, that are, uh, like interesting and fun. Um, because I mean, and that's just kind of like a Hollywood thing, I guess, because yeah. I don't really make those anymore, but no, well, it's funny. Cause, uh, this is conversation for another time but that's where uh duncan jones was just talking about that about his new movie mute about like netflix amazon apple those are the people funding the the right. mid the mid-budget film nowadays right. and uh so, like I, w- yeah. I would love him to be in like a like a big sick type of like movie yeah. um yeah like yeah he could have easily played ray romano's role yeah for sure yeah um and it would have been great um he's funny yeah and, you know also dramatic like so I think that's kind of like the sweet spot, and he's definitely at the age where now it's like age appropriate to be playing fathers, right? Um, right. Uh, and so yeah, I hope there's I I know that there are more interesting things out there for him, and um, I hope that he just doesn't like get sucked up by all these like big tentpole right. things where he doesn't have time to do this. Right. Um, but so. he's not. But it, the interesting thing about him is he's never fallen into that trap of only doing like right. this showy award performance. Like, right. and that that is something I'll give him as well too. That he's never fallen victim of like, oh, I got nominated for Academy Award. This is the only thing I will do from now on. Right. Um. Because he's so good at the other stuff. But I would I would like to see him try those more at least. Yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah. And, I, and you're right. I I definitely could see like Netflix or Amazon or whoever being like. Oh, we found the perfect vehicle, yeah. and we're just gonna throw a bunch of money at it, 
and you, and here and and because he is a name, people know him. When they yeah. see him, they they get excited. I was really like, surprised about the reaction when I posted the the image on uh, on our Twitter. People, people are like, "Oh him. my god, I love him!" So people love him, and yeah. so do we. So do we. So thank you for the suggestion, Melissa. Thank you, Melissa. And uh, yeah, I guess that brings us to the natural conclusion of this episode. Uh, very natural. Very but natural. Like, you should have seen my dance moves I just did. <laughs> Louis is looking at me like I'm a crazy person. Get out of the splits, Gavin. <laughs> I can't. Um, but uh, where can you find us online if you want to find us? We are on Twitter at The Mixed Reviews. We are on Facebook and just search The Mixed Reviews. We're, where else are we? We're, we're, we have an email if you want to email us right. comments, questions, concerns. That's uh, reviewsmixed at gmail.com. We're on Grindr. Uh, we're on, not so much. Not anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gavin deleted. So, <laughs> just, just one of us. Right. Um, and... Uh, yeah, the uh, yeah, and you can find us any. I mean, yeah, you can listen to us on like oh, iTunes, iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Spotify, uh, iHeart Radio, um, SoundCloud, and, uh, SoundCloud, and uh, Google Play Music. So, I mean, really, Get just you just have no excuse not to put us in your ears. <laughs> Gavin. Oh my god. You should have seen that dance move, guys. Uh, I'm the fake bitch. <laughs> he is that fake bitch you thought he was. Um, but yes, uh, and we're going to deliberate and decide on our next subject, and we'll see you guys in two weeks. Awesome. Bye, guys. Bye. Tucci gang, Tucci gang, Tucci gang. Tucci gang, Tucci gang, Tucci gang, Tucci gang, Tucci gang, Tucci gang, Tucci gang. Some of you don't know the name, but that's that guy from the Hunger Games. Mary Felicity Blunt. Tooch. Sister of Emily Blunt. Tooch. My man Tooch is with a blunt. Tooch. Tucci gang, Tucci gang, Tucci gang. 32 years in the biz. Tooch. I'm a big fan of his. Tooch. I got mad respect for his reign. Tooch. He should have been Dr. Strange. Tooch. The Devil West Prada was sick. Tooch. If you don't like Stan, you're a dick. Tooch. He adds value to your flick. Tooch. If you don't like Stan, you a bitch. Tooch. He did two movies with Street. Tooch. I want to name my son Tucci. Tooch. Did you know my man had a cookbook? Tooch. And he was the co-owner of a restaurant. Tucci gang, Tucci gang, Tucci gang, Tucci gang, Tucci gang, Tucci gang, Tucci gang. Some of you don't know the name, but that's that guy from the Hunger Games.